Hello, and thank you for joining This Is Just A Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. A few reminders before we get started with this episode. I want to remind everybody they can head over to the Facebook group at This Is Just A Phase for updates on current episodes and also past episodes, any tour dates coming up for the bands featured, as well as music videos and whatever else tickles my fancy. If Facebook isn't your thing, you can head over to my Instagram at jonathan.ket.311 for a lot of the same updates and touring information found on the Facebook group. Also, do yourself a favor and head over to my label. This is just a record label.bandcamp.com and check out new releases from Letters, Gatlin, and the first release that this is just a compilation sampler CD. That being said, Jay, let's go. You've got no motivation and you've got no self-esteem. There's a hole inside your head with no vision to be seen. Let's go. episode, I have the honor of sitting down with Joe Adam of the British pop punk band, The Adams. We chat about his band's latest release, Lowbrow Hi-Fi, currently out now on Pro Rock and Council Pop Records, as well as chatting about the long, hard road in getting to release it. Our thoughts on Britpop, grunge, new metal, the second wave of punk, and the current youth scene. He also shares some funny stories from over the years, as well as us just chatting about whatever else happened to pop up. It was a great chat, and I was really happy to get to bullshit with him for as long as I did and get to know him a little bit more. So sit back and get lowbrow with this episode of This Is Just A Phase. Here's a song from Lowbrow Hi-Fi entitled, I'm Pretty Good At Fucking Up. Get up. 
for being on the podcast man thank you for having me it's it's a, a pleasure to be here it was you know i knew we had some scheduling conflicts and stuff like that but i'm glad you finally were able to nail it down yeah <laughs> <laughs> just making sure that children are in bed or uh, doing whatever it is that they need to do to find the time being oh. a older gentleman Oh, I'm I'm right there with you. I have I have three kids myself, one that lives with me full time. And uh so I just basically told him, Hey, I got an interview after school. He's like, Okay, I'll just go upstairs and play all my electronics. I'm like, There we go. They're at that oh, age. My. <laughs> oh, that, wow, yeah, no, I have a my, my daughter Dee's two two and a half years old. So uh yeah, she she wouldn't tolerate any shit like that. We just have no. to wait for it. Be asleep. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do this podcast. Yeah, you know, ten years ago for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to. I wanted to. Like I said, I wanted to thank you for coming on. Um, I've been a fan of your band going back. I want to say like 2017. I think it was when Internet Dating came out. Oh wow! I. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, fairly, I, fairly new, fa- fa- fairly new fan. Um, internet dating for beginners. That was uh, what? Uh, oh, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that it's it's going to be. I'm so bad with dates and stuff like that. Yeah, I uh, especially that album in particular and that point in my life. I was a uh, dr- drinking a lot. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah, it was a weird, it was a really weird time in my life, and I, I uh, yeah, but personally, I like really hate that album. <laughs> I, to say, but uh, I'm, I'm very open about stuff like that, and go, it was a kind of a personal disaster on my half. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, I I listened to it, and when I first listened to that record, I didn't have anything else to go by. You know, like around 2016, 2017, I got in, I was getting told by people, a lot of international bands. Like I was discovering a lot of bands that I had no clue about, especially with pop punk. Um, 
So I was getting into a lot of bands, a lot of international bands around the same time. I was getting into your band. I was getting in like two days, two days bubblegums. I was getting into um, uh, uh, proton packs. And um, I discovered uh, a lot of bands that were going a while um, before them. Like I got into giant Eagles and stuff like that. So it was like around that time, like I just was like, people were just like, Hey, check these bands out. Then I'd go over to band camp and check out what I could. And around that time, that's, that's when that album came out. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's nice that anyone heard it. It's just, uh, yeah, I think the, the one before that we self-released as surf Derby and then it came out. It's, it's free to download on the band band camp. Cause it got reissued on, I think Waterslide Records did it and they remastered it and made it a hundred times better than the first one. And it was just that it wasn't even recorded as an album. It was a, uh, we recorded for, uh, this is going back so far, um, Groovy Ghoulies tributes when they just split up and we recorded a couple of songs and you go, well, whilst we're recording, we recorded more songs and the drummer at the time was particularly good and just first taked the lot. And we were like, oh shit, we've just, accidentally recorded an album uh, and, uh, and, and you know it, which was great and it, and it just seemed to it went down well and it did a lot for us to say we just cdr'd copies in the first place made it as cheap as possible but um yeah the last one i mean the last one was just very strange <laughs> for me but, but the, the new, anyway the new album however I can honestly say is the first album I've ever recorded where I, I don't feel ashamed to say that I'm part of it. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I love, I love the new record and I'm, I'm glad you kind of segued into that because yeah, I know I don't want to be sat here for half an hour talking about the album. I'm not fond of. You know? Oh, Oh no, I totally understand. <laughs> I mean, um, I went, I went through your catalog. Obviously I, you know, internet dating just wasn't the only record that I knew of. I mean, I, I, I did go back and, and uh, check out your other stuff, but I remember when lowbrow hi-fi came out last year, um, you ended up coming over here to the States to record with Joe queer, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, that was, that was pretty, that I've known Joe for almost the start of, when we played like every tour that they've ever done in the UK since like 2001, 2002, we've always played at least one show with them on that tour. And I is, <laughs> this is a really weird one. Like I was always cheeky cause we, we, we had no money. We were like kids. We didn't have jobs. We were going to the gigs on buses with our guitars in rucksacks and shit. <laughs> and, um, and, and Joe was like, well, Oh, can I, and these were like hand screen printed, like really cheap T-shirts that just had black T-shirt with the atoms on in like plain white text. And I was like, oh, he asked if you could have one. He go, obviously, that was a big deal for us. But I couldn't help myself going, well, I'll, I'll swap it you for a, for a fucking queers T-shirt. And, and he did. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, he, he was he was cool with that. He even jammed with us at the band practice, the, the, the sound check even went through some songs and, some Ramones covers with us, but it was really cool. But anyway, at that point, people had sent me photos uh, from um, Australia and stuff, and he was actually wearing our T-shirt, like, all around the place in the early 2000s. Oh, wow, uh, that's really cool. And we went out to 
Chicago for the ill-fated Weasel Fest. Mm. This thing like Joe wouldn't recognize me, and he recognized me, and he's like, "Why the fuck are you here?" I'm like, "Well, you know why I'm here for the event." <laughs> happening um and he went off your t-shirt but it's door dirty so i won't wear it you go this is 10 years later so i was like bullshit you, you know just whatever it's cool it's nice to see you you're being polite but i don't believe you anyway you just went okay fair enough and if you watch the uh queers when they played that the you know not weasel fest but that gig at reggie's in chicago he comes out in, in the atoms t-shirt that he's owned at that point for over 10 years <laughs> that's so awesome man. yeah that was you know that was that was it was it was nice you know but anyway so he i i don't even i've got his email address but i don't email him that much because i'm like why the fuck would he want to hear from me anyway <laughs> the, the year before we went to record he sends me an email saying the atoms t-shirts finally fallen apart and he wants a new one i'm like holy shit like i didn't even fucking remember me or even have this shirt or like what the fuck's going on and uh yeah we got talking and he, yeah, he invited us over to go and record at his house for free and and all this but obviously we had to pay for the flights but yeah. yeah. And so we sat it for eight months time we we added a few we had some songs already we added a few to it and uh yeah he, it was Fucking great time. Apart That's from awesome. never stay in Motel 6. And when you arrive there in Atlanta and they tell you it's part of the heroin triangle. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. There were literally cockroaches and all sorts in these rooms. And the entrance looked really nice, but then it was like a motel. So all the doors were on the outside. So there was like fights and drug deals and just the foot. It was. It was real. You know, it was, oh it was, wow! Nice, nice little exposure to Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we you know, we, as soon as those days ran out, we went on Airbnb, found a place for cheaper that was like really nice. It was fine. But, yeah, that was, you got to live it up a little bit, right, Joe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a uh, one of those experiences. You know, when you get back home and you realize you're all still alive, and you go. Well, that was a fucking story. That, you know, <laughs> no one got shot, no one got stabbed. We we had a couple of unpleasant run-ins, but uh, whatever. <laughs> That's a pretty good day in punk rock, right? You only want to drink with me when you're drunk, and now you're drunk again. Passed out listening to MTX, then you wake up and it's 10 a.m. Turn to me, you look confused Said it's not me, you just need the booze Your hangover's coming and it's bumming you out So I grab the whiskey and we knocked it
was I was re-listening to your to Lowbrow Hi-Fi, um, the album that you put out last year on um you put that on uh um Pro Rock uh, Records, correct? Pro Rock Records in America and like I, I kind of self-release it with them on my I, I have a Council Pop Records, which is essentially what I put my stuff out on in the UK over here. So we, we kind of Oh Council released. Pop is yours. Yeah, yeah, that's... Oh, uh, I never knew that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it, I, I don't consider it a real label. You know, like we did the Live McCracken's album, and, you know, we've, we've done some other things. It's not just Atom stuff, but, uh, you know, I don't I don't run it. If I, if I was going to run that as a business, I'd feel guilty for doing such a shit job. You know? <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> well, I definitely know the name, and I just I never put two and two together that that was, that was your label. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be honest. I, you know, uh, Ken Painter, Ken from the Insipids. Yeah, he, uh, he's re- realistically. I'm, I'm just his like European bitch. Like we, we. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've never met him. We've never had a phone call or anything like this. But uh, to date, I think we've co-released about four records together, and we've got a load of other stuff in the pipeline coming out. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm like a an ideas person that can't get his fucking acts together and Ken's the guy that goes sit fucking down whilst I just sort all this shit out and he go oh I, I love that guy he's incredible <laughs> so, well it's uh, nice to have people like that in your corner too to kind of kick your ass in the gear right yeah yeah <laughs> he's like the the grown up of, uh, of our <laughs> combo but yeah and he's just started his own label now as well so uh, but we're still we're still working together on a various Various projects, of course we are, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I got that uh, Ramones Corps Brigade uh, double vinyl. I think it came out like two years ago. The one uh, where you yeah. did, it was like, uh, God, was it like 40 bands or something like that? Uh, the, uh, the Ramones Corps Brigade was, it was a single LP with 20 songs on it. Uh, and that was the first thing that started, because if you remember... Ramon yeah, you're the right. Book. It was a single. Yeah, it was a single vinyl, not double. My yeah. bad. Yeah, it's single. I have, I have it uh, up in my uh, up in, with my records. Oh, good. Yeah, we that would we we had no idea what was going to happen with that. It was an idea I had um, when Ramon to the Bone Records was still going, and then all that fucking drama happened, mm-hmm. and um, and I just thought no one will ever run with this idea that I came up with was that you know twenty bands, every band pays their fair share. We self release across the world and that way everyone gets the cheapest option to put, be on an LP, you know? Um, and then Ken messaged me saying that he'll, he's like, can I run with this? Is that okay? I'm like, yeah. I mean, you could have just stole my idea and done it anyway. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, it was nice to be asked. And because of that, we've ran with it, but, uh, you know, just, just as a plug, volume two was sent off about three months ago. Oh no, maybe four months ago now. But we're we're literally waiting to hear back at somewhere between now and February um, for when Volume Two is going to actually arrive on our uh, doorstep. So we'll be doing a pre-order for that really soon. Oh, I can't wait! I'll be I'll be one of the first ones to grab that one because I was quick on I was quick on the the first one. Yeah, they they I think almost all the copies went. I mean, all all mine didn't. Most of people's. I know that some bands had a, had a few left over, but for the most part, the entire thing just sold out in the pre order, and uh, you know, which was a nice feeling because we had no idea what was going to happen. You go, oh, is this going to be a fucking disaster? And uh, 
yeah, it just it all flew out. So yeah, volume two is happening, and I think it's it's a there's a couple of the same bands on, but the point was just to do it all each time. It, it'll get stale if if you accept all the same bands every time. You're gonna end up with the same twenty bands. So it's uh, we came up with the idea that obviously hey, it's it's our project. So there's an Atoms track on it. There's a there's a Tarlix track, which is Ken's band on it. But uh, apart from that, it's uh, you know eighteen other bands. So uh, and that yeah. got me into a lot of, and that got me that 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 comp got me into a lot of bands I never heard of. Uh, uh, what is it, Johnny Tennant and the Bad Lieutenants? Um, yeah, that was so I hadn't heard them before either. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I just had um, uh, um, I just had uh, my buddy Jordy. Uh, he has uh, Faster and Louder Records out of Canada, out of Toronto, okay. and he's really good friends with those guys. And um, yeah, like that 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 um, that Ramones Corps Brigade uh, comp got me into that, got me into them, got me into a lot of a lot of bands I had no idea about. It was cool that it was very international. Like there was bands from all over the place on that. It was really cool. Yeah, well, that's that was that was the idea because I know it's uh, I don't know. Obviously, there's so many in america that I, I i get how it is you know i can i can spend my entire time hanging around with the the bands in europe and you you know you can totally get lost down that wormhole but it's really nice to uh just try and open up and try and find out what's going on around the world and realistically you know that most of these bands are never you know they're not big bands so you go i'm probably never going to meet these people i'm probably never going to see them live but here's a fucking great song so it's uh and you never know and then you go because of those songs, people go and check out the albums, and well, that's just what it's about, isn't it? I suppose that's that's the that's the point. That's why we're doing it is just to try and help other bands and ourselves. You know, we're not completely uh, selfless saints. It's just a uh, good exposure for everyone involved. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? And I like the idea of of finding out about bands through comps, whether it's not it's a streaming comp or it's a, a physical comp. Um, that's how I discovered music in the nineties when I was a teenager. That's how I got into bands was, was, was compilations. You know, you, you, you get lucky, you get to go into a record store and they have a lookout compilation or they have a epitaph compilation or they have a burning heart compilation. You can go sit there and you can go and find these compilations and discover 15 to 20 new bands. Oh yeah. And you, and okay. you have it at your fingertips and it's, it's, and then the next thing I'm doing, I'm going to the record store and I'm dropping a hundred dollars on 10 new CDs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I did that well, through that? my, through, through, from the time I was th like 13 years old on. Well, that's, that's exactly it though, isn't it? I remember because all the fat records comps and stuff, that was my, uh, introduction to the compilation work was, uh, getting on the bus and going to Nottingham and they'd have all these, at the time, all these really cool independent music shops, but you only had so much pocket money. You know, <laughs> you really yeah. so you go, what can you afford? Oh, there's a great album. There's a, a Screeching Weasel EP for t ten pounds, and you're going, I can't afford that. I've got like five pounds on me, and I'm definitely going to buy some cigarettes at some point in the day. Find someone to get them for me at least. And so, therefore, you're going, oh, well, there's a you know a Fat Records comp or a, a Lookout comp, and they're only four or five quid. So you just end up picking up those in a and, and taking them home and that's yeah that is how you get into bands that's... yeah when i was before i got a real job I, I used to mow grass and shovel snow in my neighborhood 
and uh, I live in, uh, I'm from Pennsylvania here in the States. And um, like our neighborhood was pretty like calm. A lot of older people, a lot of working class people. And I would just go around, you know, 11, 12 years old, asking people if I could mow their grass. And uh, I would make pretty good money over a week. And I could walk away with 50 to to $100 just from mowing grass. And that was oh. my money. You know, I, that was my money. My mom didn't ask me for my money. I, I didn't get an allowance. But that was yeah, money okay. that I earned. And I could do whatever I wanted to with it. Well, my, my my version of that is is slightly more straight. My because uh, I, I, the mowing law, I think that's a kind of a cultural thing. It doesn't happen so much in the UK. I think there's too many houses without a front lawn that you'd uh, you'd go and wash cars or so. <laughs> but uh, you know the same rule applies. But but my dad worked in a uh, this factory for a while that um it it make packaging for companies say uh, at one point it put bags of crisps into a multi bag of crisps if you know what i'm saying so oh, it's like okay, 10 small yeah. bags of hula hoops put them in a larger bag and because all these machines were testing all this uh, crap for people he'd end up just bringing car loads of it home for us and so i'll just like load up my school bag and go but i can fucking sell some of these to to i got so sick of eating it because, you know, you can have the nicest thing in the world, but if you've got piles of it taller than yourself, after, you know, after a month, you, you're definitely uh, over the smell of it. So I'd, yeah. I'd go to school and um, just hustle bags of these uh, slightly out-of-date crisps to people. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's how I ended up buying uh, Liberal Animation by No Effects. And I was so obsessed that i was going to buy that album and and, and the bearing in mind that was 15 pounds at the time the dollar was about half so that would have been like the equivalent of paying 30 dollars for that fucking album as well and i took it to a house party and someone just scratched it up <laughs> oh man are you serious <laughs> yeah I, I think i still somewhere i even have the uh my my unlistenable copy of that somewhere because I remember being so fucking angry about it because I was I was asleep and I, and I think it was genuinely out of spite as well. I think I had Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins at the time and I took them both to the house and for whatever reason someone decided that uh, they were just going to fuck up my CDs. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. fucked up, man. Yeah, that, that was my first first uh, well self employed job. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I hope you have that. I hope you have that again and not fucked up. Uh, well, I, th I don't think I actually bought a hard copy of it again. I know that I've, uh, in the early days of me discovering the internet, I definitely, you know, downloaded it at some point and obviously completely for legal reasons paid for it. But, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I haven't least I think by the, by the time I was over it and getting into records again. I don't, I don't think I've really heard any no effects that they've done in about 15 years. You know, you go down different wormholes and, uh, you know, the, the, the lookout wormhole was the big one. And then I discovered all the uh, stardom records, which obviously then led to Monster Zero and, and all that business. Oh, yeah, but going I, down that rabbit hole for sure. Yeah, which is obviously a big influence, but I, I'm not... I, on the whole, I like to not just listen to one kind of thing. Like I, at, the, at the minute, I'm quite I'm quite into thrash metal. I've been listening no, to a lot of thrash I've got, I've got my, uh, my my Bob Dylan discography. I've signed up. I've, I've officially reached middle age when I signed up to a to a record club. So every month, 
I get two Bob Dylan albums through the post. So I'm, you know, I'm indulging in that right now. <laughs> so I don't know what, I'm, I'm sitting there when I'm at work or whatever and I'm playing various records and going, I'm jumping from like 1960s folk music to 80s thrash metal in there and then going, oh, you know what, I'll put on the, uh, oh, fuck, the... Um, well, like Pro Bill Wolf Sebastian or, or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's important, because don't get me wrong, there, there will be months in my life where I go, you know what I want to listen to? The Ramones. And then what I want to listen to is bands that clearly do nothing but flat out rip off the Ramones, or I want to listen to the surfy pop punk music, or I want to listen to you know, 80s hardcore or whatever. And you just go through these phases of listening to stuff. But uh, when I speak to people that just go, oh, I only listen to bands that are heavily influenced by the Ramones, and you go, good for you. You you, you, you do you. You know, you, you listen to whatever you like. But uh, I couldn't. I can't do that. <laughs> She's coming with me. before I got into punk. I mean, I discovered punk like most people in 1994 with the Green Day explosion. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. Um, I knew punk existed. I just didn't. Like, I knew who the Ramones were, but I didn't know that the Ramones were punk. I, I knew who Bad Religion was, but at the time, I didn't know who Bad Religion was. It wasn't until, like, I was 13 that I was like, oh, okay, this stuff is punk. Okay, now I understand what how they're all connected you know what i mean and because just like you i'm middle age um for me it started with grunge and like all that yeah. kind of alternative music and you know and you know the brit pop and like i'm i'm a huge blur fan um oh, yeah i, I love blur i love about in america if that even really really touched in america because that was like you couldn't get away from it uh, here when I was a kid and you go I don't know how far Britpop traveled around the world so um, I got into I got into them probably probably around I want to say 95 I think that's when the first 
Oasis album or second Oasis album came out. It was yeah, around the like, time. Yeah. And before that, before the whole Britpop thing, I knew who like uh, um, my bloody Valentine was. And I knew who um, the happy Mondays were. And okay. I knew, like I knew that kind of stuff. Cause a lot of that, that kind of uh, rave meets raw culture was, was kind of already coming into the United States when I was, when I was pretty young. So, yeah, you know, yeah. my, da- my dad was pretty hip. I mean, he, he was coming across um, very different kinds of music. Um, like my favorite band because of him is Pink Floyd. And, and wow. it's unusual for a punker to say their favorite band is Pink Floyd, but that's because that was, a connection between me and my dad. This is this is really strange that you say that because um, I, I I mean I've obviously I've heard a couple of Pink Floyd. My my parents aren't at least openly musically influenced. I suppose is a weird one. But just recently, my dad in a a moment of possibly just being morbid, um, and he he knows that I think I was I, st- I went through a, a Beatles thing. I was going like, you know, I want to listen to more of the later Beatles. I never bothered with that, just the early stuff. And he just went, you know what? You can just have all my records. He goes, I never listen to them anymore. He goes, I picked out certain ones that I'm going to keep, and you can have that when I'm technically dead. But for now, you can just consider this as part of your inheritance early. And uh, and he's oh. got there was weirdly like two copies of Dark Side of the Moon in it um, and the Wall. And weirdly, like a Led Zeppelin album and a Thin Lizzy album and all this shit. You go, I didn't even think my dad was remotely cool enough to be into stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but at the minute, I still haven't put the uh, the Pink Floyd albums up, and, and I, I'm sure I should. But uh, he didn't even know what Beatles albums he had, and because I was going down that path at the minute, and I pulled it, I was like, Dad, you told me I had one or two, and he's got like nine of them. <laughs> and so I just go, yeah. <laughs> you just, just sat around, just just listening to that. And I'm, I'm a person I like to, even if I think an album's not that good, like I feel like I need to listen to that at least three times because some yeah. of the best albums you you that I I think are the best things ever, I didn't like when I first heard them, or at least they didn't blow me away. And it was only you know just as a kid when you go, you've bought that album, you've got no more money for the next few weeks. So you go, well, I'm going to play it again because I'm sick of what I already have. And then you start to, I don't know, realize what it's about and go, oh, that's fucking great. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of plays to play nine Beatles albums. Oh, about, yeah, for sure. you know? <laughs> and, and like you, like I, I had listened to so much early Beatles that like I when I when I finally got into the Beatles on my own, because. For a long time, I was, like, really resistant with the Beatles for some odd reason. Same here. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, oh, they can't be that good, whatever. You know what I mean? And um, one of my buddies had a revolver on on, uh, vinyl, and he put it on, and I went, this is fucking amazing, dude. Like, (laughs) Like, holy fuck, dude. And, like, my favorite Beatles is, like, that 66... 65 66 67 era like that right before like um um sergeant pepper's only hearts club band yeah yeah uh, like that's my favorite that's that's my favorite beatles right there i like because it's, it's the the rivalry between those and the beach boys that was going on at the time and how the it rubbed the beach boys up the wrong way because the beatles did rubber soul 
which was obviously influenced by the Beach Boys, and then the Beach Boys came back with um, Pet Sounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for me, yeah, that, that that Rubber Soul album is the uh, is the sweet spot for the for the Beatles. I'd say. But, yeah, so many people just hate it because they go, they're so overrated. You, go, you know, they want to hate them because people like them. You get those people. Yeah, that's fine. But there's for, for a band that have gone from essentially being a fifties cover band to having songs where they practically invented heavy metal and everything in between. You go, you can't hate all of it. You just, you just knee jerk reaction. Hate this. There is, if if you love music, there is at least some part of this where you go, that's a good fucking song because you know, you can argue about your favorite beat. I I can't be asked to get into that, but um, you know, there's no denying that they literally changed the face of music more than once. So, You've got to give that respect. I feel like there's two bands, especially like over the last seventy years. Like, two like if you if if you, if somebody said they're a music lover, the two te- the, the 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 two tests that you can give them is what are their thoughts on the Beatles, and what yeah. are their thoughts on Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you can figure out what kind of person they are and whether or not you can continue having a conversation with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. It's like when people go, I fucking hate Bob Dylan. You go, what do you like about him? And you just go, they just hate the sound of his voice and it's so tinny and shrill and he can't fucking sing. And you go, oh, you just you just not connected with it because it's Jesus, I can I can play it album after album back to back and just be like, this is the most almost pop things sometimes obviously not all of it but uh some of it really is but it's with bob dylan it's just all about the lyrics we, we you know just oh, yeah, how for sure. incredible and, and expressive it is you go it's just I, I love bands that are just influenced by the ramones and all as as we all are but you know how, how many times can you hear a band that just uses the word basement because the Ramones did and shit like that, and and it, it's a time and a place for it. But sometimes you go, Jesus, look at look at something else. Look look at the, the lyrics. What Bob Dylan does, or you know, I don't know. Even sometimes it amazes me that a lot of the people within the scene that we're involved with don't even know the Dickies or uh, the undertones that well, or something like that. And you go, but ho- holy shit! How how have you not even Mm-hmm. Looked beyond that, you know. It's uh, like 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 the the Rosillos album. That's oh, I love the Rosillos. Yeah, it's like one album, but it's like one of the the greatest. It's technically not pop punk because it was around before pop punk and before punk went really angry. So original actual punk rock was definitely really melodic. That's a fucking debate to have at a different time, I suppose. Oh, yeah. but, but it was, you know, you got that Rosillo's album and the first couple of Undertones albums, and these are they're uh, almost just as good as the early Ramones albums. You know, it's all in that same ilk. I'm sure they were inspired by the Ramones, of course they were, but they were doing a very similar thing. And you speak to the people within the scene that we we move around in, and people who have just never heard of it. I just find it so surprising. I think I just, yeah, I don't know. I know it's like like just like you went when I discovered punk rock and especially when I got into like Green Day and the Ramones and stuff like that, then it was also a right around the same time as I think I think the Sex Pistols got back together for a union show sometime like in ninety five or something like that. 
And I'm not going to, I'm not, every, if you've ever listened to my, to listen to an episode of the podcast, I I don't like the Sex Pistols. Um, (laughs) uh, um, When I was younger, I thought it was cool because it was shocking. And then the more I learned about the band, I was like, yeah. I like the I like the Buzzcocks a lot more. <laughs> oh <laughs> hell yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I like the and the Brazillos and and I was just gravitating towards other punk that was coming out of the UK. Obviously, the Clash and and um, I, I just I found a lot better. I found a lot better British bands than the Sex Pistols very quickly after discovering them. Yeah, well, I think even before they were pop punk, when I was listening to like the grunge bands and stuff, and you go, I knew what punk was, and there were these compilations flying around, and obviously I bought the, um, oh god, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols album, and mm-hmm. it was just one of those things. You go, as a kid, you go, well, I should like this, and this is controversial, this is offensive, but really, it's just, I don't think it's that good. I, I've got a Scottish friend who, years ago, they did, a, they did a reunion, maybe ten years ago. And, uh, and he insisted, because he's a big fan, that I'll love it if I get to see him live. And so he bought us these tickets. I think we travelled to Manchester. We went to a load of pubs beforehand. We got to the gig. It turns out we had seats. We weren't standing, so we just had these crappy seats right at the back of this gigantic arena. The PA system was so small, you could barely hear it. And I think after about the second or third song, because the bar had shut early in the venue, so we couldn't even buy more drinks, that I just kind of sat there in a stupor and slept through at least like 50 or 60% of their set. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's how, uh, yeah, that's that's how much I care about the Sex Pistols is... uh, I got that one big chance in my life and uh, just chose to have a bit of a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I know, you know, people get on me about it and be like, well, they have, I was like, don't get me wrong. They have good songs. I just, but when, like, I kind of look at the Sex Pistols as being a gateway band. If it wasn't for the Sex Pistols, I wouldn't have discovered the damned. I wouldn't have discovered uh, the pretenders. I wouldn't have had discovered um, like I said, the Rosillos or um, the Buzzcocks or, you know, Wire or, and, you know, I can keep going, the, the Coffee yeah, Rejects yeah. and, you know, um, Sham 69. I could go yeah. down the line of all the British bands that I've been exposed to, but I, I can at least credit the Sex Pistols for opening the door to let me discover other bands from that yeah. scene. Well, there's a a point of, of like, you know, I hadn't bothered with that album years, and then when I uh, got, it's not many moods of the Vindictives, it's the one that came after the, that, of the, the compilation, it had the their Sex Pistols covers on it, and it had a cover of No Feelings by the Sex Pistols, and I wasn't ready for it, I didn't realise it was going to be a cover, and it came on, I was like, that's a fucking great song, but they changed the that it's not I mean, you know, if you've listened to the Sex Pistols song back to back, you'll know it's a cover, but it just took me by surprise. I was like, that's a fucking great song. And you realise that by them just speeding it up and altering it in their own way, they actually created a really, really good version of a couple of Sex Pistols songs. And that made me go, maybe I've been a bit too fucking judgy about the Sex Pistols. So uh, I went back and had a listen and went, you know what? I can I can respect it, and for for that play, I quite enjoyed it. 
and then I've put it down and I haven't been back to it in probably, you know, five, six years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's nice to go back. It's nice to go back to it. It's like it's like bands that I were into when I was younger, you know. I, I don't always pull out Green Day Dookie or I don't always pull out Milo Goes to College by Descendants. Oh, but yeah. when I do, it's a special occasion and like I, you can kind of go back and be like, okay, or go back to an album that you were embarrassed that you bought just to see what what led you to buy that album you know in the first place yeah maybe maybe your you know 15 year old self heard something different than your 40 year old self heard you know what i mean yeah five four three two one was 12 when um in utero came out and like nirvana when i was like a, a bigger kid kind of like lent me a, a a weird al album and a nirvana album it was never mine that he actually lent me and, uh, and I, I think i've listened to them to death and um i can't listen to them ever but every maybe every 10 years i can put them on I have to skip the singles. I can't, you know, I, I can't, yeah. I don't, I don't need Smells Like Teen Spirit. I don't need to hear that ever again in my life. And if I hear it, if I'm ever out and it comes on, it just sends a, like a shiver down my spine about how much I fucking have overheard that song. But uh, the, the songs that I may have overlooked as a kid and they come on and go, oh, fuck, that's a really good song. I really enjoyed listening to that. And that was great. Then it finishes. I put it away and think I'll listen to that again soon. And ten years is going to pass. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, you know what's you know what's funny is I was you you brought up Nevermind, and I was when that album came out, I was ten, and I remember seeing it, seeing Smells Like Teen Spirit debut for the first time, and I just remember that that Nirvana, uh, changed in my opinion, changed my life and much of our life because 
it would eventually, if it wasn't for Nirvana and that breaking, punk would have never broke years later. Because yeah, I, I think that it, I think the major labels sniffed around long enough that punk started to to gain traction. The labels were already sniffing around it. Anything that sounded alternative, the major labels yeah. were gravitating towards by the time 94 came around with Green Day. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you got to think of a lot of those grunge bands with uh, Soundgarden, which were much more of a Black Sabbath influence. I, I really like them, but a lot of the grunge bands were much more uh, heavier rock bands, whereas Nirvana would turn up to headline festivals without a banner and would be sloppy as fuck and would be like a, you know, just that punk spirit and would talk in interviews about bands they genuinely listened to. And obviously, like they, they, they were talking about how they loved the Beatnik Termites first album and stuff like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. they liked a lot of uh, that alternate pop stuff. And, uh, yeah, they, they without a doubt paved away. And obviously, when, 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 when he died, um, it, it clearly, the, the, the mainstream clearly needed something that wasn't so miserable as grunge, but was, you know, rock music, I suppose. And that's, they, they, they seem to just sign up bands left, right and centre. And it, it was, the, it was the genuinely big second wave of punk, wasn't it? Yeah. And you know, what was really, it was really fucked up, Joe. And it, in, in a room, I, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine and Kurt Cobain died in early April of 94. Green Day's first album came out, like that first single came out in like February or March of that year, like right before. So just as punk was starting to garner interest, Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. And it was like out with the old guard and in with the new. It was really bizarre. It was really... 94 was a very weird year. You know, we went from flannel and grunge and <laughs> um then I would then there was Brit there was a new Brit pop invasion and there was punk and then there was there was just so much types of music going on in such a short amount of time. Oh yeah, well for for like the, the most this is something that I like I don't even like to talk about, a very embarrassing time of that because obviously you know, there was the grunge thing that I was listening to. I was dabbling with Sepultura and those uh, metal bands. And oh, yeah, the got... corn and shit. I will, I'll, I'll admit it, you know. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. When when, when the new metal thing happened. And if you remember, Grandad, we called it rap metal in those days. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, the rage against the machine cool. and, like... Uh... Well, uh, biohazard and shit. Yeah, yeah. This is, I think, around that time, bearing in mind the venue Rock City in Nottingham is an 18 plus venue. And we were like 15 year old kids. And I think at that point, I think we saw in the same year, it was like Corn, Deftones, um, fucking Coal Chamber. And, and, and like they were all supported by fucking Spine Shank and all, and all that shit. And it was just, you know, and we saw Machine Head. And I remember being with my friends because we were so little. It's like, no, I mean, it's fine with corn, but you'd never go down to the front with when Machine Head are playing because those guys are fucking mental. I go, oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going down the front, man. I'm going to be totally badass and like totally getting the respect of my friends at school because I went into the pit when Machine Head played. <laughs> And you know what? In one band that you brought up during that whole thing that I still li- the only band I still listen to out of that whole grouping, the Deftones. 
I still yeah. listen to Deftones to this day. I, I, there's something about that band I, I keep going back to. <laughs> I, that's f- for me. I don't know what it is. I like any time I try and go back and even like listen to any of it. I just kind of cringe a bit inside. I think you know. I just I can't. I know that the Deftones are the more respectable band, and yeah. I get that. Um, and I can I can put on around the fur. I, I say put on. I probably haven't listened to it in twenty years, but uh, yeah. I still have that squeal like a pig when you're pig broken, pig fucking ah, that big beat down <laughs> thing. And I go, you know what? I still kind of go, oh, that was totally badass, and then go, oh, I'm kind of. <laughs> it's kind of easy to cringe over that kind of stuff though because yeah. like like you said that's 20 years ago oh it's a bit oh, i wish it was i think it's probably older than that now oh god yeah i brought <laughs> oh geez don't remind. i just watched uh me and my wife were sitting watching television the one night i think it was one of those like uh like uh you know top 20 like albums that are gonna be 20 years old and yeah, we were going through it, and all the songs going through that came out in 2002, I'm just like, fuck, am I old? <laughs> you know, when your music is being played on, like, classic rock radio, you're just like, fuck <laughs> me. When did I become my dad? When did you want to become Led Zeppelin? Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah holy fuck dude like I, I last year i turned 40 dude that's when i started the podcast i turned yeah. 40 and it's just like i can't believe albums that 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 shaped my life came out when i was like over 25 years ago it's banana yeah. shit crazy man <laughs> well because well, um when when I decided I was going to get a job, I ended up <laughs> I ended up working in a uh, bars for a long time. And you get a you get an update sometimes at the start of the year about you know from now on you can serve people because over here it's eighteen to drink. So there was the uh, a huge thing went through my mind when they went, I can now serve alcohol to people who were born in nineteen ninety four. Oh my god. <laughs> And, and that was a huge weird realization for me of going that was that was like that really important musical year in my life like everyone around our age group 1994 was such a big one and now those people that had kids around that time are now growing up and i can legally serve them booze and watch them throw up oh yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Isn't, it, isn't it bizarre isn't it bizarre that Time continues to go on, and time moves so much faster as you get older. When you're a kid, time moves so fucking slow, and your parents, our parents were like, oh, just you wait. Time moves fast when you're an adult, and boy, were they fucking right, man. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, I hate it when teachers would be like, oh, time goes faster when you're older, and you're just thinking, you know, fuck you, you're talking shit. Everyone (laughs) says that, it's such a cliche. And now I sit here and go, well, this year, like, we've... With the lockdown, we've we've booked uh, me, me and my missus Sheridan and and Dee Dee. It's 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 my fortieth um, this year, and so we we've booked tickets to go to the Raduno in Italy. I was oh, like, awesome! It's, it's you know it's it's free to go, but we've booked our flights and accommodation and all that lot. Uh, and you go, well, okay, well that's happening in six months' time. And you go, okay, well then we'll get back. And you go, well that's planning for Christmas. 
in my mind. And now I'm like that old and going, well, that's the year done then. <laughs> yep. that's, 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 that's 2022 sealed. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, whenever your birthday is, man, happy birthday, man. It's 40's Thank not you. that bad, dude. 40's not that bad. I, I accomplished a lot at 40, man. I feel pretty oh, good. I, I'm 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 not one of those people. I, I I've been in had bad members who are people who are really struggle with the age thing. And you got just I I, I I I feel like I ex, I accept the inevitable quite well. You know, mm. <laughs> going like I, I, I can I can people can go oh you're immature because you're still playing bands and you know you still go out and and, and see friends and you still play computer games. And you go fuck you. I'm nearly forty. Therefore, I'm old enough to just do what the fuck I want, and you can just shove it. Exactly. <laughs> you go. Exactly. You go. I, I hold. I hold down my job. My my kid is more than catered for. You know, I, I function as an adult, and in the same time, I still like the same shit that I did from twenty years ago. Exactly. And you know what? Me, me and my wife, when I when I started the podcast, my wife goes, I, I came up with her idea of doing the podcast, and she goes, "Okay, so fucking do it." What's stopping you, man? You, you like the kids are getting older, you know, we're getting older, you know, you have the time to be able to do it. It's not going to cost you anything to do it. Why not just do it? You know what I mean? And I fucking, I did, and I did that. And then a couple months later, I started a record label. I was like, she was like, why don't you do that too? We have a little bit of money in the bank. Why don't you, why don't you do it? And it was that simple. Well, this, this is a, fr- a friend of mine who um, he, he actually drums in the Atoms currently and in the past, uh, a guy called, uh, <laughs> wow, Tom Sidwell. <laughs> <I've got it. laughs> and he, um, he, he left the band um, because he was going to be a, a new dad and was, was doing that. And, uh, you know, that was understandable. Of course it was. And then eventually, I think when his kids were a little bit older, uh, the time felt right and he, he wanted to drum for us again in the band again and um and he started a, a podcast called the the middle middle midlife punk podcast oh and, I've heard uh, that. yeah 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 he's you know he's he's a really good friend of mine and he you know he, him and, and then niall who i've also known for years and years uh got on board and, and they're doing really great things now but they you know i think it's really good that there's a lot of uh of us older people either still doing it or just going, oh fuck it, why not? You might as well, you know. You go, I'm, I'm, people, people can, I guess, look down, and I don't even think anyone even judges. Maybe people at normal office jobs go, you do what, and they'll they'll, they'll, they'll never understand, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, I, th- I think what we get out of it now is probably more than I used to get out of it twenty yeah. years ago, almost. You know, it's. No, no one can, no one can deny that it's just a phase. Oh yeah, exactly. Hey, thanks. Nice plug there. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. One, two, three, four. I'm not good enough to walk her home She said I'm not worth enough to call on the phone She won't even say hello unless she's alone I don't like it at all When there's no one else around she'll think of me Call me up and act as if we're so friendly With the gang she looks away and she don't speak I don't like it at all How come she's a bitch all the time, all the time I gotta strangle the girl I gotta strangle the girl tonight I gotta, gotta strangle the girl I gotta strangle the girl 
friend, but she ain't mine. Don't she understand that much? It really hurts. If only she don't know me, yeah, it really hurts. She said I'm not good enough to walk her home. She said I'm not worth enough to call on the phone. She won't even say hello unless she's alone. I don't like it at all. How come she's a bitch all the time, all the time? I gotta strangle the girl. I gotta strangle the girl tonight. I gotta, gotta strangle the girl. I gotta strangle the girl. was telling people i decided i was going to do it they were like well john you played in punk bands before you had because i had kids or in my early 20s um so i before that in my teens and my early 20s i played in bands i did that whole thing i you know i i I went through that whole thing and then as an adult my kids growing my kids getting older i was like you know what i'm still into this music and i still i still made lots of connections over the years you know, um, I have a lot of friends still, you know, after, you know, a lot of my friends go back 20 plus years, you know, whether they play in bands or not, we're, we're still in touch. And I was just like, well, I, I was like, I want to get back to the scene. There was almost like a moment of clarity that I was having that I was like, I need to start documenting what I'm into so that other people know it exists. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I wanted people like I have. Every maybe maybe six, seven episodes, I'll have a, a band from my local scene. I live in between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And I, I every six, seven episodes, maybe eight episodes, I try to feature somebody local from my area. Because I want yeah. people to understand where I come from, too. As much as I cover international and in, in, in uh, the United States, like I want people to kind of understand where I come from, too. Yeah, that is completely makes sense. I can tell you're uh, obviously what you're doing is is like really, it look it just comes across as naturally really personal, and uh, yeah, I think that's one one of the reasons that that I when I got in contact was because it reminded me similar of what my uh, mate Tom does with his uh, midlife punk podcast. I go, yeah, this is. This is this is more more my speed now. I'm, you know, <laughs> I end up speaking to these kids that that you I don't know beat down metal core bands or, or or what they call modern pop punk bands, which is completely the opposite of what we know and call pop punk. Rightfully fucking so. Yeah. And and and, and they either this this fucking term gatekeeper drives me up the fucking wall because that's the new one. That go, yeah. You're just a gatekeeper. You go, I'm not a gatekeeper. I, I I understand that things progress, but there's generally a natural progression. Like uh, I guess when bands like 
houseboat and the dopamines happen, like whether people who are so elitist to the remote core thing want to accept it or not, you go, that was a step away from it and like a natural progression. And you go, I accept that. I, I like a lot of those bands. Mm-hmm. And that was that was that was cool. But these bands like Neck Deep and all this shit people are calling pop punk now, I go, you know what, I'm gonna try not to be such a, an old fucking guy and go and, and listen to this and see what's going on because you know this is it's nice to get into something new and see what now we're old what younger people are doing especially if they're going to call it punk or pop punk and you go and listen to it and go the fuck is that that literally sounds like mainstream radio pop music I can't even hear a guitar there, but if you ever check out the music video, there's guys with the tattoos on their faces and dyed hair, just like windmilling, going mental. But you're going, but what, why? Do, why does it sound like fucking Justin Timberlake? Yeah, and you know what? And you know what? And I, I have conversations with people. Guess what? It's not for us. <laughs> We're not supposed to like that kind of stuff. Those are for like the kids. We yeah. have what we had when we were kids. That they're not they're not marketing that shit to us. They're we're not yeah. we're not gonna buy those. Yeah, that's that's a bit a big thing I've had to come to terms with in recent <laughs> years of going like, yeah, you know, you know, I'm definitely at the age where no one gives a fuck what I think anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's why I don't give that's why I don't give my opinion anymore. I'm like, it's my kids will show me stuff and I'm just like, uh yeah, I'm gonna have to say no on that one. But it's cool that you're into it. You know, yeah. my parents didn't like some of the stuff. Most of the stuff I listened to, my parents didn't like, but they never deterred me from listening to it. Do you know what I mean? They never said you yeah. can't buy this, or you, you know, there was never, there was never any kind of thing like where like my parents were like, you're not allowed to listen to it. Like they never put that kind of block on me as a kid. Yeah, this- well, I remember before I was even into rock music. I think in that like early early 90s just before that thing happened it was when the uh the gangster rap thing was happening mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's like even, even my mum was like totally fine if we were i was like ah oh, you know I, i'm gonna buy a, an iced tea single on cassette and and whatever and uh i think my brother had the second nwa album on nice. copied from so i full four zagging and, uh, and i remember uh when he was out, I'd be like in his room listening to it with headphones on, hoping to not get caught. But my mum didn't care. But you know, I, I, you didn't want to overdo it. But I don't know. Mm. Do you know these Atapex, the band? Yeah, I know who they are. Yeah. Well, Pete, Pete, the drummer in the Zatapex. I, I, I know those guys, but Pete from the Zatapex has got one of the funniest stories of uh, his parents were the very opposite of mine, and he had the uh, Coolio album when that Gangsters Paradise. Oh my thing god! Happened. Yeah. Like, and, and he had to hide that in his uh in his sock drawer, and I think he had it hidden from his mum because he knew that she'd destroy it for about three years, and then eventually one day he came in from school and it was gone, and she absolutely went mental at him because he was listening to a Coolio. Oh no shit! <laughs> oh like... my god, I'm gonna have to have him on so you can tell me. Oh, that's so good. Oh, he's one of the funniest people I've ever spoken. He's also now. A uh, a semi professional clown. <laughs> Seriously, like professional clown. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got his. I've got his fucking. I've got his magnet. He made magnets with his face on in clown makeup, 
and uh, and I have one on my fridge. I can't remember what his clown name is now, but it's fucking ridiculous. I had him at a gig once. So I put our gig on and uh, got him to be the the main support for a gig, and uh, it was so funny. The, the The audience was so divided between going, "What the fuck is this? This is definitely awful," That's- and the other half. Just going, this is a fucking hilarious. This is fun. But, uh, yeah. great. Yeah, he's one of the funniest people. I, you just, I mean, he, it's almost like he doesn't necessarily set out to be funny, but he's so naturally fucking hilarious. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I yeah. love people like that. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> Steve, he used to play in a cool band. And he'd never feed his girlfriend pizza because he was into that. talk about it and t- go kind of scan over your career real quick before I let you go. Sure. Yeah, because um, I've just talked shit for about the last hour. <laughs> oh, no. it's t- Dude, I'm, listen, I, I don't know how many episodes you listen to, but I've had episodes that I don't get to any of my questions. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I, I, I have, like, bullet point questions that I want to ask, but if I don't get to them, like, early on in the podcast, if I didn't get to my questions, I'd kind of, like, have an anxiety attack yeah and, and <laughs> oh and, i know I was... sorry and, go on. yeah and now like after i've done so many episodes i realize it's like it's much more important to me to just let the conversation flow you know what i mean well, I, a i want the guests to feel comfortable too i i just want to i, I want to get to know the guests and i want the the people listening to get to know the guest and if that's an hour and a half of us bullshitting then it's an hour and a half of us bullshitting yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're still walking away with something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's more of an insight of going. Tell me your favorite bands. Yeah, like like that gets boring if you listen to enough podcasts. It's like, okay, I've heard it all before. Okay, tell me what it's like touring. Tell me what it's like being in a yeah. band. Blah blah blah. It's like it it, it gets old after a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I'd like to be—I'd like to be asked enough that I—I I felt that way, but I do see where you're coming from. 
Well, maybe you have to be on again, and I'll ask you all the boring questions it's, next time. It's like fucking. How many times do I have to tell Rolling Stone? No, you're not getting my top ten favorite bands of all time. I know. <laughs> it's like it's like I know they're I know they're pawing at my, my at the bottom of my pants, just begging me to be on and and give my glowing reviews of the new uh, yeah. Twenty One Pilots album. Yeah, you want my opinion of the fucking Beatles? Go and listen to This Is Not A Phase podcast. I'm sick of you pestering me now, Rolling Stone. (laughs) 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 I can even see the light flashing. They're trying to get through now, but I'm like, I'm busy. You know, it's fine. (laughs) Just just, just, just send send forward all my emails to John. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. But I just wanted to I just wanted to run through Lowbrow High Fights. The most recent album you put it out, what toward the end of last year? Yeah, yeah, it did. It came out right at the end of last year, like the end of November. The worst yeah. time we could have put it out, but I mean, I mean it's been such a slog to even get to get it out. It's been I mean, there's been some good experiences like recording it and, and doing all that, but it, it's been fucking nightmare about about three years to get that album out uh, i've got the post so i can tell you what uh it was in december the 8th 2018 was the day we finished recording it because oh, that was wow. the day we wrapped. yeah exactly because that was the day we finished and then we went and played uh I, I can read it to you right now we went and played at modding in augusta georgia no yeah, that's right. With with the queers and um, switchblade villain, I believe, because I have the poster right in front of me. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was when we that was when we finished, and then oh fucking hell, then there was issues with the, the, the guy, no one in the band who records on the album is in the band apart from me anymore. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, there was there was there was a fair amount of drama. I think I nearly died at least twice. Oh uh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, like it, it was it was fucked up. I had to, I had to go and have uh, all these fucking hot. The, the song on it, um, "Gonna Have a Stroke," was yeah. actually about about a time where we drove all the way to Belgium, which is about a fourteen hour drive. We played one gig. The drummer went and did all these. He called them like like diet pills, but it was basically speed. Yeah. He didn't sleep all night. And then when we got in the car in the morning to do the 14-hour drive back, uh, he fell asleep uh, within half an hour of us being on the motorway. And we, we we only woke up because everyone in the car had fallen asleep, and the car next to us was beeping the horn to wake us all up. Um, and uh, so we did. Uh, you know, we, 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 yeah, I, 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 I'm laughing about it now because we're all alive. But uh, from that point, we still had another 13 hours to go, and he wouldn't have a nap. He wouldn't uh, have a coffee or anything, so I spent 13 hours just sat next to him, going, just talking to him to keep him awake. And like we, we probably almost died about every hour for that entire journey. Oh my god! And and, and, and when, when we got back, um, I lied down on the sofa and uh, I had my head on my my girlfriend's lap, and she was like, "Why is your body gone stiff? Why are you sweating?" And uh, essentially. Uh, yeah, I ended up going to hospital because uh, I nearly had a heart attack, and uh, I had to have all these tests and shit because I nearly, uh, yeah, I nearly keeled over. Oh no, shit! That's, <laughs> that's so weird because in the summer of nineteen, um, I had a huge 
uh, scare health scare too. Um, I, my feet were swelling up like with, like, with like fluid real bad. Like my feet were like almost three times the thickness of them. And I was always hot. Even like when I had air conditioning, on, I was still always hot. Right. And my wife's like, what's going on? I was like, my feet swelled. And, and so she takes, I go up to the, 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 they call them like an urgent care, like an ER and, um, they go, it's like, uh, yeah, I think you have like, uh, let's, let's check all your vitals. Um, my blood pressure was like, it was like 180 over like 120. Um, they said that I was like, um, I was like dehydrated and that, uh, I was, uh, holding water, retaining water because of, uh, um, my blood pressure was through the roof and they had to like regulate me and shit like that and get me like, on all kind of medications and stuff. Fucking hell. That sounds yeah. Weird. Yeah. I took, yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was fucking weird, man. Like I was, I've, I've, I've always been pretty healthy even like though I was a partier back in my younger years. It's always pretty yeah. healthy, you know? And it was the first time, like next thing I know, I'm taking five medications. I'm, you know, making sure that i'm you know not taking too much salted and shit like that and like because they said like that i was close to i was close to being being in the the realm of having a heart attack at like 38 years old yeah it was pretty fucking gnarly yeah that's so weird that that you were going through something really similar man that's that's crazy yeah it it was it was straight and they were just like it was just basically brought on through a prolonged stress from yeah. uh, from from all that, and uh, you know, there was, there was I guess there was other elements. With I was working a twelve-hour night shift at the time, which obviously I fucking hated. Oh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely that car journey that just fucking tipped me over the edge. And you go, oh fuck, and just and then you have to keep it together because you go, yeah, well, we're we're still going to America in a couple of months' time to record this fucking album, so <laughs> you you can't get mad about it. So just hold the fucking tongue and get the fucking job done and out of the way. Exactly, <laughs> you know. You'd go flights are fucking booked if you <laughs> if you want to fall out now. You fucking lost a lot of money and a big opportunity. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad you were still able to do it because this this album's a banger, man. This is this is probably. This is probably one of my favorite albums of 2021 um, because the first track I heard off of it was Bukowski. That's the one that you did the the little promo video for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was on some kind... I think it premiered on some kind of like... Uh, it was like some kind of internet site or something like that. You, yeah, you, you I think put it was... That on. Was it p- punk, punk News or like... Yeah, I think it was Punk News, did it? org, right? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, that was the and first th- one I heard. And then that one was so good. And then I heard shit like Preteen Coke Fiend, I'm Pretty Good at Fucking Up, Stop Stalking My Girlfriend. Like, dude, hit after hit on this CD, dude. It's really good. Oh, thanks, man. I, I You know, we, we I, <laughs> I, I'm really happy with it. It's, and it's weird if anybody actually knew me, that like, I've never said that about anything I've recorded on before. And... <laughs> what 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 I'm kind of proud about is a lot of bands when they just kind of make up stories for their songs that every ridiculous story on on that album is completely true. The, the stalking thing is completely true. The uh, Steve is a smack rap story is literally about a guy who used to drum in um, 
a local psychobilly band and Johnny from the Speakings later played in the Atoms, but Steve got into uh, heroin, essentially, and there was was nothing you could do to stop him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they ended up kicking him out of the band because he'd be fine and then he'd get all strung out before gigs and just fucked it all up. And But um, eventually he'd stagger into my work when I was walking in bars and uh, I was like, yeah, of course you can have a water. I'm, you know, he's still my friend and, you know, I'll try to help him. Of course I will. But uh, he then, um, when I went to go and get him a drink from from behind the bar, essentially, he, uh, he robbed the place that I worked in. Uh, and then me and my partner moved house and uh, he actually tried to break into my house and, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> it's it just like you go. This this guy used to be and like because people go. Well, this is I've had some backlash for that song because people go. You, you're just giving junkies a bad name. And you go. This is I'm not. This isn't a bad religion song where I'm addressing a world issue here. I'm literally writing a song, which is a sad song. Although I'm being funny about it because before he was strung out on on heroin, he he did have a a girlfriend who. When they get a rider, he would genuinely uh, go. I need more pizza, uh, and he'd literally buy all this food. And he was a feeder, and he was genuinely just uh, trying to to plump her up by feeding a pizza constantly. You know, <laughs> you know. And you go, that's just just one of those weird things. Because if someone reads that line, you go, I'm not. I'm not trying to make a point about that. that's not any uh, a political issue or a social issue. I'm just trying to paint a picture of a genuine situation that was uh, going on in that time, and. Uh, well, why didn't you help him? You go, well, I tried. But, you know, by the third time, he's tried to fucking rob you. <laughs> You're going, you know what? Just, you know what? I think it's, you know what? I think it's, 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 it's also kind of like, you know, we talked earlier about gatekeeping. On the other side, it's these people that want to try to make what, try to make punk be very PC. There's always been songs where such and such person is such and such this. Or there's inside jokes within... You know, like the queers have the song, you know, Cheeto eating a burrito and a speedo. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? There's always been those funny songs that like, even though they're serious, there's content serious. It's still yeah. you're having fun with it. It's punk. Punk doesn't have to be so fucking serious. All no. Time. Too much of a man gonna have a stroke, have a stroke. So I should quit, but to get on the sick, gotta have a stroke, have a stroke. Let's start to hate. I'm a boss, says that I'm a fake. Then everyone's super keen. Gonna have a stroke. 
So when people bang on, I, I think is people get a bit upset when I go on about this at times because I just propaganda a band that I remember the first two albums when I was really serious as a kid and just like you need to take me seriously because I'm going to change the world because I'm an angry man. Um, <laughs> and then, then just I just hit a point right anytime I ever hear them, I just go, just you know, if you it's go, go and get a Chomsky book, go and read political diaries and whatever it is you want it's just to, to me I go it's not there's no enjoyment in listening to a punk song where somebody is just quoting politics at me mm. I don't I don't think it's got any soul I don't think it I, I think it's it's only passion is spreading a political message and that's if that's what they want to do that's fine I, I don't give a shit mm. but it, it doesn't move me it doesn't yeah. it doesn't lift me up in my day-to-day you know I, I i get more out of listening to a sloppy seconds record because they go that's fucking fun you know i put on a sloppy seconds record and you go that was funny but the energy in those records they put across and everything it's so much more than just the music what it actually does to me and you know i don't need to go oh here's 15 songs telling me about how i should be a vegan and you know this that and the other and you got fucking just Fucking, I can I can read a book and 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 take life seriously. Just uh, you know, give me Cindy's on methadone. Give me <laughs> give me Deborah Jean. Give me a shut up and pour me a drink. Whatever you go. These 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 are songs that in a day to day life get me through my day. You know, and you I, know what? Uh, and and that's that's what I love like about this album especially. I mean, your other stuff is great too. Like, I'll, 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 I'll save my other comment for later. But the thing that I liked about this album in particularly, it's unapologetic. Like, you, you wear your influences on your sleeve, but your influences are vast. Like, I hear a lot of different stuff going on in your stuff, like. Just because there's a Joe queer factor, of course, you're 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 influenced by the queers and probably screeching weasel. But I hear tinges of other things in your sound. And but what what your album makes me feel, it takes me back to those days of 90s pop punk, but still sounding as important as it did then, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that's that's you know, <laughs> like I like I get that feeling again, and it's a new feeling because it's a feeling of hearing a new band do something that I'm familiar with that I like a lot, and then not without having to, you know, listen to albums that were made 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Like you still like that's the thing that I love about pop punk in general. Like our pop punk is that yeah. if you do it right you can make it fresh and you can make it exciting and 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 make great records and i i really feel like this record is just like i said one of if not the best one of the best albums that to come out last year for sure 
That's the, that's, that's the nicest thing anyone could ever say. I've always said when we first set out I'd been in a couple of bands before I know nothing about songwriting and I thought it was just good to go I I knew that I wanted to be in you know Ramones, Screeching Weasel, Queers etc etc pop punk band and it was I, I always thought it was good to almost learn those disciplines like learn to play a bunch of those songs so you know roughly the chord structures and but then it was just like going you know, when you know that, you don't just want to be that. You go, you've you've learned that. You put the ground roots in, and then just do what the fuck you like. Write mm-hmm. about anything you want to do. You just listen to what you want. Uh, and and I've always thought that was important. And so many UK bands sing with like really blatant American accents, mm-hmm. and it's always just been something that kind of annoyed me. Not that I've, obviously I've. Got- I've just listed a load of American bands, so I'm not against American bands or people who sound American. But I do find it weird when a band from the UK just sound like they've come from some beach in California and they've got that perfect nasally American Californian fat bike accent going when they sing. And it's so, it's just not genuine, is it? It's it's so strange to not bring yourself to your influences, I suppose. Exactly. and a, as a weird one, I, I didn't even. Re- I had this pointed out to me. I went through a massive Kiss phase. I never liked rock music, or, you know that kind of glam stuff for years. And then I went through a huge Kiss thing. I got obsessed with them. And uh, and you go, well, that can't really influence my band. But if you <laughs> if you actually listen to, um, oh shit, um, gonna have a stroke to reference I was that gonna song. Say, gonna, gonna have a stroke. Yeah, part of that intro. Is literally the main riff of the song is uh, is strutter. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like a hands down, and you go, and very rarely anyone would really even fucking notice that. But you go, and it's everything you listen to seeps into your influences. You know, it'll influence you whether you like it or not. And uh, oh, and, what that- was, and what was the song that you? Oh, you did what? What was it? One of your songs. I'm trying to remember. You go into the riff for Iron Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the uh, first album. No, that's that's the latest one we do. Uh, oh, I was gonna say, was that uh, was that V-neck V-neck Go-Go, V-neck Go-Go. Second, second to last saga? Then yeah, we go into right. it. Yeah, we go into War Pigs. That's it, War Pigs. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, also, yeah. be, right, before before I let you go, also, it's not on the same album, but one of my favorite closing tracks is off of Internet Dating for Beginners. Control delete, dude. That is one of my favorite closing songs of any pop punk album. Oh, I think that's dude. That <laughs> song is so good, and it's a perfect closer. And I love when songs close close an album that it's like it's it's perfect. That's when sequencing plays such a role in in when you're doing albums. Like that 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 is the perfect closer, man. That is so good. I think out of that entire album, I think that's one of the one songs on there that I actually uh, I quite like. <laughs> so that's yeah, no, thank you. at one point we we open loads of sets with that because people who obviously didn't know who we were, and you start with that song and it's kind of slow, and then once that finishes, then to rip into twenty really fast short songs was a uh, quite quite a good uh, a good open of it. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Um... <laughs> I just uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know it's it's you're five hours ahead of me, 
Um, <laughs> so I just, Joe, I want to, I want to thank you for taking the moment to come out you know, come in talk to me and, and spend this time letting me get to know you a little bit more. Um, it was a lot of fun talking and um, I implore the listener to check out your band, the Adams, check them out on Bandcamp and wherever else you stream your music and check out um, their latest, uh, their latest CD. It's called, um, oh, shoot, hold on. I was messing around with too many things. <laughs> Lowbrow Hi-Fi. Yes, uh, Lowbrow Hi-Fi. You can pick it up through the Atoms or <laughs> head over to, um, head over to uh, Pro Rock Records. So, yeah, in the we've US. got it on Pro Rock Records. And in the UK, it's available on the Bandcamp site for... Um, Oh bloody hell! Uh, Council Pop Records. It's not actually on the Atoms page yet because I'm really lazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. It was a it was a hell of a time getting to talk to you and uh, really um, have you know a genuine conversation instead of typing through Messenger. So it was really really awesome <laughs> to know you. More. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it happened. It's really nice that we've got to do this. Uh, yes, th- thank you for having me. It's You're been welcome, it's been good. And you know what? You're welcome to come back on any time, man, just to shoot the shit. It'll be a lot of fun, man. I'll, I'll see you for the episode directly after this one, then. <laughs> hey, man, you have an amazing night, man. It was great talking to you. And you. All the best. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take care. Bye-bye. Don't come too close. I never ask for your help If you ask what I'm about I'd lie So sick of singing those hymns No, this is not what it seems I'm fine It's just that every single day I just can't help but feel ashamed Cause all my angst won't go away And as I try to make amends I end up lashing out at friends As I start to believe in fake Old control Control to leave.